so I just got an intern. Um, it's been a while since I have worked with an early career or like pre-career engineer. Um, I think the last the last engineer that I worked directly with, of course, when we were doing onboarding, all of those engineers were early career engineers right. in some way or another. But the, the last engineer that I worked directly with was Lorraine. And so, you know, it's, it's maybe unfair to this new intern, but in many, many ways, of course, she reminds me of Lorraine because there's a mirroring experience there. But I'm really excited about having an intern again. I haven't, again, had one in a couple of years. And I think it's really important in organizations that the organization as a whole finds ways to, we've talked about this in depth, about building building the talent funnel by finding ways to bring in early career engineers. And I think that I more and more am beginning to believe that like having those various layers of careers is, is a health metric for an organization. Uh, but yeah, so she started this week, tried to kick things off really slow. We literally got her on her first standup this morning. So she's been there for three days and, and just attended. Of course, some of that's due to some of the other stuff that's happening at work. Um, and so I use this as a nice delay uh, to get things situated. But I uh, had her on her first stand-up today um, and just am really, really excited about uh, having an intern again. And yeah, makes I don't know if Lorraine even still listens to the podcast, but it, it definitely reminded me of when Lorraine and her cohort were uh, were interns. Well, this will be a test. If she, if she calls or pings you, after this after yeah. this uh, session goes live then it'll it'll be proof to see if she still listens or not but I, I was thinking about a couple things you know you have an intern and you said you, you were excited right yeah um like there's two there's two kind of uh aspects of this right you're the, the company's obviously trying to help build that that talent funnel and have talent in a place that they can they can leverage later on down the line but then there's also like the energy that it brings to you and to the people working with them. Same thing when we were at USA. I mean, people, when it became, when it came intern season, like during the summer, people loved it. They're like, oh yeah, yeah. Gonna, you know, let's get some interns or whatever, because they bring this energy to them that, that as folks working in the position day to day, you kind of, you might lose it um, or you don't um, carry that energy with you. It's hard to sustain that over time. And I love that you brought that up. You're excited. They're yeah. excited. Um, and you kind of want it to just kind of like go on forever. You do. Like, I mean, and, and that's sort of the thing I think that's really important uh, is like, I mean, interns, I think early career engineers, I remember my experience as an early engineer, you know, coming out of my third career or whatever, but it's still like feeling like that, that youthful optimism, right? Like you're so excited and optimistic and as you you we know like we've been doing this for a while like we're not always excited or optimistic sometimes or youthful or youthful, youthful. yeah definitely not i mean i say i say it's like um you know there's no hair left um which i don't blame on technology yet but uh, eventually i will i blame it on um, but yeah yeah <laughs> Um, I tell my wife, uh, we can cut this if you want, but I tell my wife that, um, it's, it's not coincidental to me that, uh, I started balding about the same time that we met and, um, mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't like that one. I also tell her that it, I think that there's something to the fact that in Spanish, uh, married and tired are very close like words. Uh, yeah, that's true. Casado and cansado. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
like I'm very married, which means <laughs> anyways, I love my wife. I know you know that my family, but those are little jokes. Uh, but yeah, you know, you're not youthful. You're not energetic. Like, and many times, like the longer you're in an organization, you sort of lose your optimism. And interns are a really, well, in any early working with early career engineers are a really great way to bring that back. And, you know, and to also see things that you haven't seen. I like to call it like organizational myopia. And that's where you're in an organization for long enough that you just kind of begin to feel like this is how things are. And then you get somebody that's like not only new to the organization, but new to the entire industry. And they're in many ways like our kids and they ask why about everything, right? And they're like, well, why does it have to be this way? Well, well why? And, and it's great because you, you get a chance to respond to that in one of two ways, either by explaining why, which reminds you why it is that way so that it's not myopia or the better result to me is to, you know, take a step back and ask with them, well, why is it this way? <laughs> like, right. maybe I forgot that I didn't like this because I just got to a point where I accepted it. And so, uh, and I, I remember that, you know, about m- many of our engineering experiences with early career engineers, uh, folks coming in and saying, well, but why, why do we have to do it that way? And then like, I remember just, you know, I, when we were deploying React apps, just as static files on WebSphere servers and somebody asking, well, like, why is it so hard to, because I'd created this sort of, this is, a, a, well, a previous company we worked at, I won't get into it, uh, folks can guess. Um, I'd, I'd created this way to like hot patch your application on the dev server so that you could test stuff without having to like go through the whole like hours long pipeline. and. And, and people were like, well, why do we have to do it this way? And I was like, well, really all that's happening is we are copying and pasting a file to WebSphere. And it, when it hits a certain route, it's going to go and grab that static file because that's how all this stuff works under the hood. And of course I knew how all of it worked under the hood because I helped build it. But like, it allowed me to take a step back and say like, but is that is that really the best way to do this? Um, and so, yeah, I think that that's a really great thing that interns bring. And so there's, I think lots of benefits to me as an engineer that has been doing this probably too long and um, you know sometimes can forget to be optimistic and curious things we've talked about on the podcast before and they're a great uh, reminder of that yeah and then they ask these questions and then you can give them the opportunity to say well it's a great time for, for us to change it right yeah exactly. uh, go do some research um, find a better way and then go ahead and you know implement it and then, because uh, they're because interns are there for a number of reasons, right? They're one, they're to learn. They're there for the for the um, organization to to see if there'll be a good fit, right? It's a nice like try before you buy. You're still mm-hmm. paying them, hopefully, right. hopefully, hopefully you're paying them. Yeah, can we just go on the record here and say like unpaid internships should be illegal? Like oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, right? you're, you're getting free work from people in an yeah. unpaid internship, so absolutely they should be illegal. But. You know, it's a, it's a try, try before you buy situation, very similar to um, like a contract to hire, right? Except this yeah. is somebody maybe earlier in their career. And I really do like this this um, setup. You bring someone in for a little bit. You say, hey, this is like a three-month internship. If things don't work out, you just, you just you know, you give feedback maybe and you just don't bring them back or whatever, right? They weren't a fit for whatever reason. Right. Um, maybe they weren't picking things up. I don't want to say fast enough, but... They weren't like eager enough or hungry enough or or they just weren't asking the right questions maybe. And they needed a little bit more time. Right. And right. or the organization isn't really set up to to help them be successful. That's another possibility too. That's right? a real one. And and I think one that the organization has to address. 
Yeah. And so you get this trap before you buy. And, and the, the best part about this is you have somebody that's like super eager to prove themselves. I mean, I, I know you talked about being in the same situation. I remember being in a similar situation. And the one common thing is people who are like going after these internships or going after any position really super eager to prove themselves. So you're saying, here's this thing that you've asked questions about. It's not so great. We, we agree that it's not so great and that there's a better solution yeah. out there. Go find it. Yeah. And, and and tell us what it is. And what's really cool, though, is that they get treated as equals. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel about it, but I do. I feel like they're treated as equals. It's This is just another in our line of work. This is just another engineer or developer. This is just at a different stage in the game. Right. Right. But they're still going to go do the research. They're still going to come up with a solution and they're going to potentially get that solution into production. And so they're equals. It's just that, you know, they may or may not work here long term. Um we're still kind of trying things out or trying out the uh, the relationship. Yeah, I think that's really key and kind of leans into that second part of the importance of interns. Like we've talked a lot about the benefits, you know, for, for me and for the organization for an intern. I do want us to talk a little bit about, you know, how do we make, like what is our responsibility as engineers further down the road, right? And like, I love that you call out like as a first step, treating them as equals. Like that's so, so important. Um, and that means like acknowledging their questions aren't stupid. Like I think like, and I, I don't love that language. And I'm sure if like we rewound, I'd come up with a different way to say it. But like, I've seen that, right? Where an engineer is new and they come and ask a question and you get the guy on the team um, that like gives the deep sigh and rolls their eyes. <laughs> And like, dis, like and, and you can feel like the dismissal of that question before another word is spoken. And like, there's such a chilling effect there. And I think it's, it's so important that we don't do that, that we treat them as equals with legitimate questions because they are their legitimate questions. And that we, we don't just blow those questions off because that's organizational myopia, right? That's when it's like, oh, well, this guy doesn't know or this girl doesn't know how we do things here. It's like, maybe that's for the best. Maybe the best thing you can have as an outsider, why do you think all of these like company optimization consultancies are outsiders? It's because like the best thing for a company to optimize this operation sometimes is to bring in somebody that doesn't have that myopia. And that's what interns can do for you. So it's, yeah, absolutely important to like treat their questions as valid because they are valid. Like it's, you know, they're valid and meaningful and real questions that should be asked and answered. And, and also like, I think the other thing about that, that you said is, you know, the other implication of treating them as equal is to treat their work as equally valuable. Um, I've never really been fond of like internships that rebuild a project that somebody else built, or like, it's like a toy that never gets deployed into production. Like I want to give them actual meaningful work and then be able to point to that work and say, look at the awesome thing that they did that moved this company forward. That's valuable for them. And, and I think is uh, maybe a spoiler alert, but I think is core to our responsibility as like engineering leadership and thought leadership in a company is to really just lift other people up and make sure that there is good visibility to the awesome work that they're doing. But that means giving them opportunities to do awesome work. Don't have them go and build a coffee shop if you're running a pet store, you know, like have them do something meaningful to the organization. Right. And you still have rigor around your deployment process. So it's not like they're just going to shove it into production. Um, And and they might actually deliver better work than some engineers on the team already in the company. 
right? Um, well, and, and if they do break something, it's a reflective opportunity for the amount of rigor you need in your pipeline. Like you shouldn't blame that on yeah. the engineer. I 100% agree is that um, really these interns are just engineers that we're going to work with full-time in the future sometime. That's the goal, right? But but when you, when you talk about like when somebody asks a question um, and somebody's kind of dismissive of it or something like that, like, you know, I know that we've seen that. And then also um, like the having them build something that's just a toy, like absolutely, that's a waste of time. Have them build something yeah. and work in a real production code base so they can see how it works. And then when they come back, they can say, look, I've got coded production. That's that's awesome. Mm -hmm. If somebody yeah. was an intern and then they come, maybe they were finishing school or something and they come back and they join the company and they can actually see code that's still running in production that they built, you know, maybe the previous year or the previous summer or whatever. That's, I mean, that's invaluable as opposed to, I built this throwaway, I hate throwaway work. Like I don't want to do throwaway work. Yeah. You know, let's let people work on meaningful stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's like, and even like, I can say this as an early, you know, early, early in my career, I had the opportunity to commit some code that ran for like um, actual, like users at USA, like people that like me that would log into their USAA account and they would open up, you know, a part of the app and like, it was my code. And I can't tell you the number of times that I just went and went through that process. I would just log into the USA <laughs> and open up this portion. Yeah. And I would say, I helped make this like, you know, right click inspect element. There's Randy's yep. code, like right there. And like, so there's like, you know, even if, even if you're with a company, it doesn't work out for whatever reason, the ability to go back, like, you know, the stones that stack up that say, I've been here before. We've talked about that a little bit before the ability to go back and say, I did this. This is a thing that I did. And that's so important. And so like, yeah, I think, I think interns should be given real work and real opportunities to succeed and real champions to champion that success. Um, you know, you, you set them up to succeed and then you give them not just cheerleaders. I think that's really, really important, but good, strong mentors that can help ensure that they're successful. Like that there's you know, the, the, the definition of success is built around learning, not around like delivery um, per se. And that those people can facilitate their learning and, and delivery. Yeah, when you, when you talk about learning, um, something I forgot to mention a minute ago was it, it makes me recall an earlier podcast session that we did where you mentioned, uh, I, I think it's called like Lucky 10K, mm -hmm. right? It's the idea that, and you can probably say this, but I can, but there's this, this number of people that are learning something for the first time yeah we, we've might have you know we might have learned that thing you know six months ago or or five years ago but at some point we were learning it for the first time yeah T today it just so happens to be that next person that the light bulb went off they learned this thing and you can apply what you've learned going forward so it's something important to keep in mind right is that just because we know these things just because we take for granted that you know, we've been fortunate enough to do this for however many years we've been able to do it. Not everybody has been able to, you know, with all like with like layoffs and even just how difficult it is to find job or to just get your first job. Right? Mm -hmm. Not everybody's as fortunate enough to have been doing this for as long. And it can be really easy. Like you talked about myopia, you get into this thing, this you get into this rhythm and you just think, why don't you know this? Right. And it's one of the worst things that you can do is when you get to a company is um, is to shut someone down or like mm -hmm. like if somebody else is joining your company yeah. to shut them down and say, why don't you know this? Um, 
if it's like one of those things that's like industry standard or or it's just part of like the basics because there's lots of there's lots of stuff out of the basics that i don't know and i'll i'll go back and say i don't know this thing i'm gonna go you know research it a little bit and and like like if i'm doing interviews i'll sometimes mm -hmm. go and learn some stuff that you could probably find like in a cs 101 book yeah you know, or something like that when i think it's really important like the other thing that you're calling out here is that not only like assuming assuming people know it by just like the attitudes and opinions but when you bake that into your processes like when there's an implicit expectation of a certain amount of knowledge within your process that like like a, a really easy example is like like we all you know use some version of a wiki those wikis has have templates and like if you don't know how to find those templates like you're lost and it's like oh well why didn't you check the templates like I didn't know where they were or like, I'm thinking about like confluence templates where like, they're not searchable. And like, so you could search for like blah, blah, blah template, you know, and, but it's not going to come up. You have to like be in the template section. And that one little piece of knowledge, I remember having a conversation with somebody and they were like, well, everybody should know that. I'm like, everybody can't know that. That's statistically impossible. At some point, somebody <laughs> has to learn it for the first time. And so like, we need to document that. We should document that. We should document if you need a template, go look here, you know, and like, and that I think is also, you know, something that interns are frankly really great for or early career engineers just in general, because they don't know those things. And so they begin to find the gaps in where you have sort of this, this knowledge gap of there's an expectation that you already know how to do this thing. Because, and if you don't like you're, you're closed out from an entire portion of, you know, process or organization or whatever. And so they have to go and ask, well, how do I do X, Y, Z? And oh, you just go over here. And that's the moment where somebody needs to like stop and say, if they had that question and they had to come and ask it, should we document it? And maybe the answer is no, because it's that easy, but maybe the answer is like, this is, you know, a key part of their onboarding or whatever. Let's write it, write it down. And so those things are really, really important and, and a really strong value that the interns bring to, or like we're talking about interns, but like I think umbrella early career engineers bring is they begin to poke holes in the, well, how how low is the knowledge ceiling in your organization to be productive? And I think we've talked about like, you know, overhead and ergonomics and like lowering the knowledge ceiling required to be productive is really, really important. And it opens up your talent pool. Yeah, I like that you mentioned uh, like the, the poking holes part. Um... Because you do, you get into this rhythm where you just do things without really thinking about it. And then somebody else comes along and I said, how'd you do that thing? Yeah. Right. I, I do it all the time. Uh, well, it's one of the reasons I like to pair program and mob program it, mob program. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's, it, it's sometimes I'll mob program with somebody who's been doing it a lot longer than I have. And sometimes I'll do it with somebody who's like brand new and I will learn stuff from both folks, right. Or folks all across the spectrum. Um, and I'll do it on purpose. Like I'll take somebody who's brand new, like just learn stuff because, you know, the the the, the ecosystem's constantly changing, uh, the way we do things is constantly changing. Right? Um, and so I'll see somebody who's like early career. So if anybody is like listening to this, that's early career, and you're you're doubting yourself, or you're thinking, well, I don't bring as much value as somebody who's been doing this for ten years. I think that's completely false because you bring a ton of value. Mm -hmm. um, and 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 I want those people to, when they do these interviews because getting interviews is, is difficult but when you do get that one interview or those couple interviews to make sure that you express that during the interviews is and and feel that confidence like I'm bringing value because by you just learning something 
you most likely learned, I'm going to say most likely, I'm going to say guarantee. I guarantee you that you know something that somebody who's been doing this for 10 years or more doesn't. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they, they're potentially like stuck in their little bubble and they can do their things in their rhythm. And you're bringing, you know, maybe efficiency. You're bringing a new uh, like tool or something or even just like a little flow that you do. Uh, maybe you have your editor tweaked a certain way and like, whoa, that saves two or three keystrokes right there. And two or three keystrokes over time saves, well, you know, it adds up. So I want to make sure that people understand that express that during the interview. Uh, yeah. One, that's that's my whole spiel on that. But yeah. And when you get into these pair programming, and I'm going to say this, like, if you're like an earlier career or an intern, sometimes it can be kind of nerve wracking when somebody who's been doing this for longer says, hey, let's pair on this. I want to see what you're working on. When I do it, I'm not necessarily saying I want to see what you're doing because I'm going to catch you doing something wrong or something like that. I want to see what you're doing because you're about to teach me something. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's and that's I think that's an important context shift that needs to be. I mean, I I you've you've made me a fan, a huge fan of mob and pair programming. Uh, I I'd done it before you led those sessions, but you know, ever since then, it's become a natural part of my organization that once a week we have a mob mob programming, whatever, whatever team I'm working with, because I think it's so valuable. And for that reason, not because like, I don't even care if the problem actually gets solved or if it gets solved faster, but when you watch the other way, the way people, other people break down problems or like the way they use their tools, like you learn something, you know, like a little while back, you and I talked about why did you render and how I was using that. But like, I remember so many times that I've seen you race through dev tools they like, frankly, it's not a strong suit for me. Like, I'm not great at like Chrome dev tools. Sorry, y'all. Um, but you are, you're really good. And like, I'm like, whoa, how did Ram like get that deep that quick? Like, like, how did he figure that out? And just watching you click around in the, in the dev tools and, and, and monitor your app. And so those are the things that I'm actually in, in mob and pair programming for is to like learn something new. And I think that kind of comes back to, um, you know, sort of where I where I maybe want to, sp to spend a little bit of time, and that's what is the responsibility of a I'm going to say a, a a rung two engineer. So you're not just you're not just now getting on the ladder. You've been on the ladder, and you've taken a step up. And I would say for everybody that is like rung two and above, your responsibility is to work with the person that you know work with those the other folks and and bring them up the ladder with you. Um, and, and I mean, I think that's not like we, I say that, you know, like I think about like the, the framing lift as you climb. Right. And like, I like that framing. I really do. Um, and I think that it is maybe too expressive of a one way benefit because yeah. here we are, we're talking about like, it's not just lifting as you climb. Like it's, it's more of a, a rising tide raises all boats. Right. Because like, I'm going to work with an early career engineer and I'm going to be learning stuff. And that's going to make me even better at where I am. And hopefully they're going to learn stuff too. And that's going to make them better at where they are as well. And we're both going to accelerate each other's learning. And, and, and that I think is, is more mutual than, than yeah. lift as you climb makes it out to be. I like the mind shift here. I really do. I love, uh, I want to call out and you see this, um, there was like an article on, on LinkedIn. I think you had, you had commented on or something and it was it was this it was that somebody said okay years ago this this is my thought this is how i do things mm -hmm. and i've recently adjusted my mind shift and said i i want to correct myself you know i was wrong or i no longer feel that way and i'm going this way yeah. and so lift as you climb is very much uh, what you just said 
is in the same realm. Because if you think about like lift as you climb, what that looks like, if you want to, you know, develop a mental model, imagine you're on this ladder and you're climbing up the ladder and you're reaching back into the hole mm-hmm. and you're like reaching down and pulling the next person up with you. Right. So you climb, you reach down, you pull, the, you, you know, you keep helping them pull up like as if they need help. Right. Right. It's kind of right. saying I'm in this superior position. Correct. I'm going to. Yeah lift you up. And and this is something we wanted to talk about for a while, but I'm glad that you uh, mentioned this. It goes to show that we we shift our mental models, we shift how we think over time. And it's really important that we do that because if we get stuck in our ways, then these things never happen. But you're right. It's, it's a two-way street. It's not just me reaching down and giving help to the next right. person, because that also implies that I'm, I'm above you, which, which is really not true. We're just yeah. all like in this plane and you know different points in the plane and so it is a two-way street it's more of like that plane where i'm reaching over as opposed to down and i'm saying hey can i see how you did that but at the same time i'm going to say hey try this as well right it's a two-way street it's beneficial to everybody so like bringing interns in your organization's going to get better they're going to poke holes they're going to update your documentation um and they're going to they're going to teach you like like, you know, I, I, I don't have a ton of time to keep up with the whole tech ecosystem anymore. And so like a lot of what I do is watch what the new kids are doing because like the, the tools and stuff that they're losing, using, like, okay, like Zestand is a great example. Like I'm still kind of like my headspace is still in the Redux world, but like you watch all the new kids and they're all talking about Zestand. Okay, cool. Well, let me go and experiment with Zustin then because like, obviously that's uh, that's that's what the new tool is in this space. And so like, they're going to teach that. They're going to teach you those things too without having to like spend all of the time in the sort of like chaotic percolation of a bunch of different competing tools. They're going to come in and say like, I learned this tool and that's now the sort of consensus. They So they, they teach you what the changing consensus is. Yeah, the one I can think about right now that I've seen a couple videos on is like signals, mm-hmm. right? Use signals, signal. even right. Veet. Oh yeah, Veet's a huge one, right? Um, I saw this from somebody else, and then I switched over to using Veet, and now I can't go back to CRA. Yeah. Um, but Veet's great for a lot of things because it gives you more than just React app, right? You can choose uh, different setups, right? So uh, Veet's a big one. I haven't gotten into like Remix yet or anything. Um, it took me a while to like try out Tailwind, uh, but yeah, absolutely. You see people posting about stuff. Um, a lot of times it is people that are like uh, earlier and deeper in the learning stage mm-hmm. um, because over time you, it becomes more and more difficult for you to stay in the learning stage because you're, you're tasked with doing and a lot of your time is you've got to solve this problem and, and there's learning that happens in there. But I remember back at the beginning, right before I had a job, yeah. All I was doing was learning. I mean, I was learning by doing, but I was learning, 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 learning. Today, it's more of I'm solving this problem and I'm going to learn this piece that I don't know, right, to help me solve the problem. And so the learning is fewer and far between. And that's where, again, if I had an intern, hey, the <laughs> intern's going to teach me something. And another reason I'm a big, big um, proponent to hiring early career de- developers, right, is because they're going to come and they're going to, they're going to like motivate the entire organization. Right. And ask those critical questions like, why aren't we using feet? Um, you know, where, and, and my old self is going to be like, well, I know Webpack, but 
Vitz, like, I mean, to your point, like when finally somebody got me on, I mean, I think it was Marcelo finally got me on the V train and I was like, all right, fine. I'm going to try it. I tried it over Christmas and it's so much faster. And I was yeah. like, just that performance economy is enough for me. Like, okay, I'm gonna have to learn to rewrite all of my Webpack configs in Vite. And there's a bunch of, as you know, some very specific packages that I really want to see move over. But like the performance advantage is just there. And so like, that's the thing. And Marcelo is not, I mean, the great thing about this is Marcelo is not by any means an early career engineer. He's very skilled. You know, he's been doing this for a while, but like he's, that's that's the like that's the advantage that we see from these folks is that they're able to uh... <laughs> yeah you know i didn't even know this is this is how big of a gap i had i didn't even know that you could block requests in the browser by clicking like on the request and then right clicking block until i saw marcelo do it so yeah. you know you're always going to learn stuff from other people and i'm glad that you called him out because yeah. he's a huge uh huge resource super smart guy by no means an early career developer but hopefully one day we'll get to work with him again. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's uh, he's he's definitely very uh, doing very well where he is now, um, and, and definitely would love to work with him again because because I learned a ton from him, you know, uh, in that space, and that's that's really at the core of it. And so, like, yeah, I want to do. It's funny you. I want to kind of shift gears or go back to something you talked about. Like, this has been on our list of things to talk about for a while, like the quote unquote lift issue climb. But even in that time frame like the way that I think about the value that internship brings or early working with early career engineers has changed so much that it's, it no longer feels like, like I'm helping you and more like we're helping each other because you're going to keep me optimistic and inquisitive and not quite youthful, but I'm going to continue. I'm going to learn it that closer to the rate. Cause like, I think it's really important that you called out, like I'm going to learn closer to the rate that I learned when I was in learning mode. If I'm working with an engineer that is in learning mode. Then I will, if I'm, you know, just working on a problem or more likely like buried in confluence somewhere, um, <laughs> you know, because that's, let's be real, that's a, a big portion of the, of the job at, at this point. And so like, that's really, really important. And I think like when you ask yourself like, well, what, what, you know, why would I, I think everybody should be working with an engineer, another engineer mentoring early career and like, what's, what's the value? And the answer is, well, what's the rate at which you want to get better? If, if you're perfectly happy with the rate at which you're getting better, like probably nothing, but if you want to get better even a little bit faster, like work with somebody else, because like you're going to, and, and there's going to come a point where y'all's like models and processes are going to converge much like mine and yours have. And that's when it's maybe time to like bring in another set of flesh, you know, fresh eyes to start to question things all over again. Um, and I think that's really, really key is that when we work together, we learn together. Yeah. You, you started this off by talking about, or earlier you're talking about kids, you know, your children, they ask you why this, why that my, my, um, my seven-year-old, seven or eight, it, it's just going by so fast. Um, my little one, he'll ask questions like, why does this tadpole do this or that or why does this butterfly have these colors and why this and why that and i'm like sometimes i'm like i don't know go ask your mom or who has stuff so my wife's a nurse and so he'll ask me like why does you know this part of the body act like this or whatever and i'm like go ask your mom your mom knows about this stuff you know she would just go for this stuff and uh she can answer them better but he'll ask me some questions that i'm like i don't know you know what let's let's look it up let's watch your video so he forces me to go back into learning mode 
So mm -hmm. I will learn something new simply because he wants to learn something new. And um, like, I think the other day it forced me to go back about like earthquakes, right? He was asking how do earthquakes happen? And I started talking about, it. I was like, I don't really know. I remember a little bit that there's like these plates that rub back and forth and there's friction and stuff. But I said, you know what? I don't want to give you wrong information. So yeah. let's look it up. Right. Yeah. And so just another, just, just proof that um, learning with somebody who's in learning mode is going to push you um, in ways that you're not pushing yourself on a daily basis. Right. Yeah. I mean, because like we get into a pace where, where the problems begin to, and I say this all the time. And now like I sort of reflect on whether or not this is, this is a, a mindset that maybe needs shifting, but you get to a place where the problems all begin to look the same. And so that means that you can kind of apply the same strategies, approaches, solutions you have in the past with like some minor modification, right? And that's where the learning happens is why doesn't this solution work here? Here's a minor modification. But what that means is that we're not doing these like completely like far afield solutions. We're not applying like completely novel solutions to the problem anymore. And that's that's a very different and aggressive kind of learning that I think that folks that are earlier on in their career and don't have the, you know, the baked in solution yet, that's an advantage they have because they're going to go and they're going to just Google, how do I solve yada, yada, yada problem? And, you know, something new is going to come up and they're going to, well, I would do this, or I was reading the internet and it said, do this. Okay, cool. I mean, the internet's never wrong. Let's try that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Made me think about when you go to the doctor and, and the doctor's like, what's wrong? And you're like, well, my leg hurts, but the internet said it could yeah. be this. Yeah, it could be cancer. It's always cancer. <laughs> the internet thinks it's always cancer. Yeah. Uh, I have to goodness. give a, a huge shout out to Lorraine for basically allowing us to talk about this. No, uh, yeah, I know we joked around a little bit at the beginning um, with hoping Lorraine's still listening. I mean, I, I, I have to say that like probably I wouldn't have any of these thoughts if it weren't for Lorraine. Uh, she's, you know, an intern of mine uh, one summer uh, uh, and um, with with other two other folks, I don't want to like discount them. Both all three stellar engineers helped me to uh, question a lot and learn a lot, and also like. I mean, you know, the sort of uh, tell of Lorraine's introduction to SSO um, and uh, like just the way that, you know, she, we, we learned together and now she's of course grown into an engineer, like sort of superpower in her own right and is definitely bringing other folks along. And I think that's really at the core of it is like, right, you, you, you grow and you grow and you grow and kind of coming back to that like ladder rung thing is like, I think that the moment you're, you're on the other side of that lucky 10k your job is to like help spread the wealth like oh i learned this thing and i think that's why writing is so important but also just just developing engineers developing developers yeah reminds us hey we got to do more writing yeah absolutely coming soon one of both of us said that, that was a 2023 goal <laughs> yeah this is true this is true 